Be kind to your mind and smart with your heart. If you want a good day, that's a great way to start. We're all in this together, so let's all do our part. We know it takes a village to raise superstars. If you're here, then you're ready. I know that you are. And we're all gonna do it with kind minds and smart hearts. Welcome to the Kind Mind Smart Hearts podcast, where we are building our very own mom village because nobody else is doing it for us. I am so excited to have my dear friend, Dr. Lisa Bolden, on the podcast today. I learned so much from her, and I always find her posts inspirational. I feel like I can go kick some butt after I see your posts on Instagram. Um, she is a North Carolina licensed physical therapist, NASM certified behavior change specialist, which is a health coach. Uh, the owner of Healthy Fit PHIT, Physical Therapy and Wellness Consultants in Charlotte, North Carolina. As a body positive women's health expert in health at every size, Ambassador Dr. Folden assists women seeking healthier lifestyles. Her weight neutral approach encourages intuitive eating, body acceptance, and breaking up with toxic diet culture to promote a better life for every client and the children they are blessed to raise. Dr. Lisa is a mom of three, a published author, a speaker who understands the complex needs of the modern busy mom and through her latest project, which I'm really excited to talk about, um, she hopes to help parents instill body positivity uh, for their children with her upcoming series of children's books on body positivity and self-acceptance. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting me read that all about you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me and for reading all of that. <laughs> Okay, so I feel like I know you pretty well on Instagram. We talk uh, through our DMs every day almost, um, but tell us, <laughs> tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your life, where you live, what you do for fun, about your kids. Yeah, so first, I'm very honored to be here. I love your posts too. They're very inspirational and it's oh, made me reconsider the way I parent, so I'm very um, excited to talk to you. <laughs> um, so I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, the oldest of seven children, to a single mom, I, I know it's crazy. I relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina in 2008, a year after my husband and I got married. Um, we had three kids. They were all born here in Charlotte. Uh, and I have two girls and a boy, uh, 11, 9, and 7. Uh, I am very much into mysteries, like mystery books, uh, mystery television shows. And my guilty pleasure is like sci-fi, which my husband totally teases me about and um certain reality tvs like i'm into the real estate shows right now <laughs> i also oh, like nice <laughs> i really like those i also enjoy organizing mm -hmm. and exercising and creating routines um so that's that's a little bit about me I, okay so many things that I, I love that age range of your kids by the way that's my favorite well when i was a teacher that was my favorite kind of age to deal with like the second uh -huh. through fourth grade age level i guess 11 is um, fifth grade now sixth grade she's but fifth grade yeah mm -hmm. fifth grade yeah so I love that age group um this is a boring question but what's the weather like in Charlotte right now tell me about the weather <laughs> no it's not boring because it's been so weird here it's been like it has record record highs it's been so so hot like hundred like literally 101 102 degrees and it's not usually that way especially this early on like we were getting those hundred degree temperatures in may even so it's been really really hot it's supposed to rain tomorrow so everybody's kind of excited for the the slight cool down yeah <laughs> well i will send good vibes for rain it's bananas and if if 
people don't think that climate crisis is real. I just don't know yeah. what else to tell you at this point. It's so hot. And it's definitely real. <laughs> yes, for sure. And then, okay, so what reality, what real estate shows do you watch? <laughs> so I've been, <laughs> I've been into the selling Tampa and then selling Sunset. I've really... Okay. And I don't even know why, because they're, you know, it's just silly reality. But I like watching the houses. And then, of course, I enjoy some of the caddy drama. I feel like it's escapism <laughs> TV because I, I don't deal with that type of stuff in my real life, thank God. So it's just kind of funny to watch it on TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love reality TV. I mean, I watch all the Housewives and I watch Love Island, which just started up again, the UK version. Yeah. I really love. So I'm excited about that. And um my favorite podcast hosts that review reality TV are Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Crappens. And they actually do, I think, review Selling Sunset. So I will send you a link to that later, just in case oh, you please. Like yes, <laughs> I have not heard of that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, they're hilarious. So you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. I, I feel like I know so much more. And if I hear any like mystery stuff, I'll send it your way too. Um, please. <laughs> okay, so you're a health coach. Yes. Yeah, you help women and moms with body image, and you have helped me so much with it. Like every time I I start to talk down to myself, I'm like, "What would what would Dr. Lisa say? What would she say?" <laughs> so, <laughs> what's one piece of advice that you could offer to women who are struggling to accept their bodies? Oh, that's such a good question, and it's hard to pick one thing because there's so many things. But I would say. The biggest point I like to drive home with uh, moms and women when they're going through this is like, first of all, you're not alone. Like you're not alone. We all have these same insecurities, these same issues. We're all struggling because diet culture is a thing for everybody. So even the person whose body you might look at and think is like, oh, perfect. They're having the same struggles. Like they, they have a whole different list of issues that they have with their body. So um, there's no there's no standard. There's no bar. Like, you know, people be like, oh, all of my flaws, like there's no flaws because there's no perfection. You know what I mean? So I really like people to grasp the concept that there, there is no, this, this pretend like version of the, the best, most beautiful, most perfect bodies. It's all pretend it's airbrushed. It's Photoshopped. It's, you know, it's, it's not real. So recognize that it's fake and get rid of that uh, image in your mind that there's something some level of perfection that you need to you know attain and then start recognizing that you set your own bar and so you have to normalize your own body and and believe that it is exactly as it should be I had a lot of people because of the pandemic like oh my god I gained this my pandemic 20 and and I'm like you know yes gaining weight can be challenging there's there can be a grieving process in that especially if you can't fit some of your favorite clothes but we have to understand that fat has a protective mechanism and you just survived a global pandemic. So if your body had to adjust a bit, <laughs> change, you know, you know, um, mm -hmm. size a little bit, fat composition a little bit, it, it was probably for a good reason. And so acceptance and normalizing and then recognizing that there's no, there's no standard, like you set your own bar for your body. So I, I love this podcast because I talk to people and they say things that are just like mind blowing to me, but that is so true. Like if your body had to do that to get you through a pandemic and you mentioned grief and it's part of the grieving process, like mm -hmm. we just survived something. I mean, and it's still going, you know, it's not, it's not over. And it's not over. Exactly. It's not over. So we're all still trying to make it, make it through. And I really like that viewpoint on it. And, and I was also thinking while you were talking, like I was imagining like, what if, 
two hippos were next to each other, like comparing body types. They don't do that. Like no other animal stands next to each other and is like, well, I don't look like her. You know, nobody else cares. So why, why, I guess, because I don't know, because of diet culture, probably. So you talk a it's lot about because diet culture. Of diet culture. <laughs> <laughs> so I le- I've learned so much about it from you. Um, and I feel like I've been swindled my whole dang life. Can you talk a little bit about it and some of the things you have to watch out for? Yeah. So diet culture and, you know, it's kind of become a cliche term as of late or like a, a buzzword, but it's, it really, it refers to this belief or this idea that um, thinness is representative of health and that having a thin body appearance or a certain shape um, is superior to actual health status. And so it. Um, encourages restriction. So dieting and cutting calories and, you know, eating 1200 calories a day, which is like the requirement for a toddler and uh, over exercising or excessive exercise. Um, a lot of punitive, uh, punitive impact with exercise. Like I ate this, so now I have to exercise or, you know, I skipped a day, so now I have to exercise twice. Um, mm-hmm. And it encourages this binary thinking with food. So there's good foods and bad foods, you know, so everything that's not, you know, on the list of superfoods this year and that, that'll change next year is like junk food or bad or not healthy. Um, and even the things we think are healthy, they'll find something wrong with that. So um, that's what diet culture is. It's this sort of obsession with pretend health is what I call it, you know, the appearance of health. And it shows up in so many things because it's so toxic. It's so sneaky. It's so pervasive and it's co-opted good things. Like it's co-opted exercise, which is wonderful for your body. It's co-opted, you know, you know, a nutritious diet, which is wonderful for your life. You know, it's, it's taking these things and perverted them. Um, So for a lot of people, it might look like, like I mentioned, you know, eating less, like, oh, I, I missed my workout this morning, so I'm going to have a lighter dinner. You know, it's like, what? Like, you still need fuel to get through your day. You don't have to decrease your eating because you didn't exercise, you know, or um, saying things like, you know, I need to weigh in every day and just check and see if, you know, if, if I've dropped weight. It's like that becomes an obsessive, compulsive thing, and it impacts your mood. If you get on the scale and you haven't lost weight or you've gained weight, And it could be as simple as a pound or two, things that you can attribute to water weight and fluctuating hormones Mm -hmm. or whatever. And that impacts your mood for the day. You feel bad about yourself. And it, that's the thing with diet culture. It encourages this self-loathing behavior. I'm not good enough. I'm not working hard enough. I don't have enough willpower. I need to get it together. The onus is always on the person and never on the diet. Like we never look at the diet and say, you know, that diet was stupid and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, I just, I gave up. I should have, I should have worked hard. I really got to get more willpower. Um, and it's not, it's not healthy. And then another way that, that diet culture like interferes with our lives is it makes us look at people and make assumptions about their health. We'll see someone in a body that's thin and make an assumption like, oh yeah, they're, they're in great shape and great health and da, 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 da. And then we'll see someone in a larger body and make the assumption that they are not. And it's a very, very bad idea, first of all, to make assumptions or pass judgments on anyone's body or health status. But it's um, it's a it's a false equivalent, you know, higher fat, higher weight bodies don't equal less health in all cases or in most cases. And so um, diet culture, you know, it's just a little 
that's a little devil. And I, I am not a fan, as you know, from my page. Um, but I think there's been a great movement to dismantle it, break it down, educate people on what it is and help people start to move away from it. And I'm very proud to be a part of that movement because, you know, from where I see it, it's worsening people's health. Uh, physical, mental, emotional, and, you know, I would love to see it burn to the ground. (laughs) Well, I I have definitely been in the vicious cycle of diet culture my whole life. I mean, since I was 12 years old, I've been dieting, gaining weight, losing 20 pounds, gaining 20 pounds, losing 30 pounds, gaining 40 pounds. It's just like my poor body. I imagine that the dieting and gaining weight, it's like turning your car on and off rather than just sitting and idle. It does more damage to your body to just keep going back and forth. There's studies that show that that yo-yoing, that gaining and losing mm-hmm. and gaining and losing throughout your life actually increases your risk of death from cardiovascular issues by like twice, like 50%. So it's, wow. it's crazy. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's huge. And people don't know this because Diet culture is a multi-billion dollar industry with so many, you know, tools and programs and foods and, and so many people on the payroll that it's really hard to get them to admit, you know, that, that what they're selling people is actually counterproductive and counterintuitive to their actual health. So it's, it's a whole thing. And, and again, there, there's a shift. There are some people becoming more aware. Companies are trying to rebrand themselves <laughs> so mm-hmm. that they don't seem so diety. But um, if there's restriction, if, if there's a certain way you're supposed to eat or things you're supposed to cut out um, or a very strict exercise or excessive exercise schedule, it's, or weighing in or before and after photos or focus mm-hmm. on the body, it, it's a diet. Like it's, it's just a diet. <laughs> so. I, I, well, okay. I didn't, put this on my list of questions for you and I apologize, but how did you get involved with all this? Like how, how did you start? Great question. And the funny thing is it started with my personal journey, just like you at 11, I was uncomfortable in my body. I started developing early. I felt really weird. I was getting unwanted attention from adult men and, you know, growing up in the eighties that when, when you got attention that was negative, the onus for that was put on you as the woman or the child. And so I felt that my body needed to be covered and I needed to be more modest and I needed to hide things. And um, as I got older, you know, I was less uncomfortable with the curves of my body, but very hyper aware that I didn't want to get too curvy, you know, whatever that meant. Um, And I, you know, I heard the talk, it was all around me. There were diet commercials on TV and Slim Fast and, you know, grandparents and parents, people engaging in these activities. So I was a part of diet culture like everyone else. And so my body disgust started very young, very early. And um, I went through the same thing as everyone else. I dieted, I lost weight, I gained weight, I lost weight, I gained weight, went through the process of having children. I didn't walk away from diet culture. I'm 40, I'll be 41 this year. I didn't walk away from diet culture until I was like 37. (laughs) So Mm. it's new. But what happened is the very last diet that I went on, I... Um, was doing like beach body workouts. I was working out seven days a week and it was only 30 minutes, but seven days a week, I never missed a day. I was like weighing and measuring my food, eating out of small containers, doing meal replacements and shakes. And I lost 20 pounds and I was really looking great. And people were giving me all the compliments and I was just feeling so proud of myself. I'm a very motivated, disciplined, hardworking person when I want to be. And I woke up after about six months of that. And I was like, Ooh, this is a little daunting. I was like, I'm just going to pull back. 
and do something more reasonable. So I'm going to go down to like four or five days a week of exercise and I'm going to stop eating out of the small containers, but I'm just going to watch my portions. So I, 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 re- <laughs> I return to a more like sustainable lifestyle, like still exercising, still like being mindful, if you will, of my eating. And within three months, I gained back every pound I lost plus five more. And I was like, you know what? This doesn't Fair. make sense. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't make sense. I was like, so what I learned is in order to maintain that body size that I had got down to, which wasn't even my goal. Let me just put that out there. Mm -hmm. I still wanted to be smaller. But in order to maintain that little bit of a loss that I had, I was going to have to commit to seven days a week of exercise and severe calorie restriction for the rest of my life. And I was like, there's no way. I can live like this. And so I stumbled upon a book. I don't even know how that happened because I wasn't searching, but I stumbled upon the book Health at Every Size by Dr. Lindell Bacon. And it just opened my eyes. And from there, it's like I kept reading. So it was that book. It was Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. It was Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings. It was it was like Body of Truth by um, Harriet. Uh, I forgot her last name, but just I, it, it just sent me down this rabbit hole. And it was like, the light bulb went off and it was like, oh my God, this whole time, it has not been me. It has been the diets. And so I couldn't keep it to myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm a physical therapist, you know, by trade. That's what I do. But I've always done health coaching and I used to help people try to lose weight. I created a whole weight loss program. <laughs> like, so it's like, yeah. you know what? Mm-mm, I got to go back and undo this damage. So that, that topic has taken over my social media platform and so much of what I do now as a healthcare professional, I consider myself a fat friendly physical therapist, meaning I don't care if you're in a large body, you can come and be and feel comfortable in my space. I'm not going to give you lectures about losing weight to help your knees feel better. We're going to work on the things that we can work on and encourage joyful movement and, and eating, you know, foods that you enjoy and intuitive eating. And we're going to work on your health, you know, in the ways that matter. And we're not going to focus on your body. So was my long story to how I got into it. <laughs> no, I love that. That was all great. And and that's the second time you said something, the same thing that really struck it forward with me with, uh, sorry, I can't say the sentence, that it's on the diet, not on you. It's, you know, with anything else, if it wasn't working, you wouldn't blame yourself. But with the diet, you blame yourself. And that's so silly. Yep. And yep. Uh, I love that you made that switch too, that you realized, okay, I've, I've been doing this the wrong way. I learned more, so now I'm going to do better. And that's, kind of what I encourage with parenting. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. and with anything in life, you know, if you, if you could do something one way and then you find out more and then you can switch the way you do your life. You don't have to keep going down the same path forever. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you about your new project because uh, my son is a super picky eater and I don't ever say that in front of him because I know that that's not the best term. I always say he's learning to like new foods, but um, mm-hmm. he's, he really is learning to, I mean, I, I won't get into it right now, but he he's very selective <laughs> about what he will eat. Um, and he gotcha. does ask me though all the time, is this healthy or not? And I struggle mm-hmm. with that because um, I say, well, this food has protein. So it gives you this and this food has carbohydrates. So I try to stay away from this is healthy. This is not healthy, but I'm sure you're going to tell me more about this. So tell me about your new project. How's it? Tell me about it. (laughs) Yes. So, um, I love that you say that, um, because 
I want us to get away from the binary thinking like bad food, good food, junk food. You know, we use the term play food if it's something that just, is just less nutritionally dense, right? If it's an Oreo, like yeah, you're not going to get as many vitamins from an Oreo as you do from an apple. But guess what? They're both calories. They both equal energy and they can both sustain you if you were starving. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> it's fine to eat either of them. Just recognize that, yeah, maybe an Oreo is play food and we want to make sure we mix in play foods with some of our other nutritionally dense foods. Um, but the project I'm working on is actually actually a series of children's books. I'm going to be focusing on body image. Um, mm -hmm. I realized that like your story and my story, a lot of my disdain for my body started as a child. And I feel like if we can cut them off at the past and start teaching them very early, like in the womb, when they're newborns, when they're, you know, infants and toddlers and, and elementary age kids, if we can start teaching them then that all bodies are good bodies and that bodies are supposed to look different and that being in a fat or large body doesn't make you bad or unhealthy or unlikable or not smart or lazy or any of the other things that society attaches to those bodies, then we can really make the world better. We can decrease the occurrence of eating disorders in children. Um, there's some studies that show children as young as I believe seven dislike their bodies, dislike their bodies and think they're too fat or think they need to change. And I'm raising three children, two of which are daughters, which, you know, this uh, more disproportionately impacts, you know, young women and girls. And so for me, it's like, I got to do something about it. So um, the first book I'm working on is it's, it's appropriate for ages zero to eight. And it's about a little girl named Ava and her best friends. And she begins to notice how different each of her friends' bodies look. And then um, arrives at some understanding of acceptance that body diversity is cool and it's real. And it's just like people are different heights or people have different size shoes or people have different hair color, eye color. It's just diversity and variations in size. And there's no morality associated with the way your body looks. So that's one of them. I have another one that's more of a poem that, you know, more appropriate for like your really small kids. You might, your bedtime stories. And then I'm also creating a journal for teens and tweens um, with some quotes and some journal prompts for them to sort of think about their bodies and, and begin to learn to see them in a more positive light. And my 11 year old is just dying to get that. She's really excited. And she's actually also helping me with the illustrations for the first book. So I'm really excited about that for her. Yeah. So I'm working on that. I'm hoping I'm, I'm trying to, I'm vetting publishers now and trying to get it going, but I would love to have this project done by the end of the year so that um, it can be for sale, you know, Christmas stocking stuffers, if you will. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, if it's ready, I'm currently in a, a well, I say vetting publishers. I have no publishers on the horizon, but one of them is going <laughs> to respond to me. I just know it, but I, I feel you yes. on that. And if your books are ready by Christmas, please let me know because I would love to buy them and also promote them. Um, Thank that's, you. That sounds amazing. And um, I love that you've got it. You, you can catch them wherever they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's so the goal. <laughs> any parent who asks me, it's like, I have the right book for you. Just get this whole three book series, you know? So I love Right? That. Oh. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Well, I'm so impressed. Okay, well, cool. Um, does it have a title yet? Do you want to share it or you want to keep it? The first book now? is uh, the working title is Ava and her very best friends. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that. the first one. Is, is Ava one of your, your kiddos names? Or is it just no, it, it's similar. My daughters are Aubrey and Addison. Ava was a name I considered, but. Okay. <laughs> but okay. That's, that's good. Cause then they won't feel like you're talking about them probably. So that's. Good. No, I didn't want to do that to them. <laughs> Okay. And I like to, I love this project. I can't wait to share it. Can't wait to see it. 
Um, I like to wrap up the podcast with one mom hack or piece of advice that you want to share with the listeners. Do you have any final, uh, final thoughts? So what's funny, we talk about this online all the time. I'm like, yeah, I love mom hacks, but I think we've learned that uh, there's no real hacks, just a bunch of hard work because these kids, you know, they're animals, but... <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> they are wild animals, but we love them. Um, but my, I would say my most important piece of advice to moms, and it's something that I find myself repeating all the time, um, but it's to put themselves first. Put themselves first. It's It seems very counterintuitive because we're moms. We're self-sacrificial martyrs, and we want to take mm -hmm. care of everyone else. Um, but, and, you know, super cliche when you say, like, oh, you got to self-care. But really, the better off we are, the more fulfilled we are, the more we can pour into our children. And I use the analogy of um, the pitcher of water. I did this on Instagram once. But the pitcher of water is like, you know, God, your family, your friends, uh, your self-care activities, things that you love, things that fill you up and make you feel whole again. And you're the tall glass. And then your children and everybody else you take care of are the small glasses. Most people take the picture, fill up their tall glass, and then go and pour into every little small glass that they have. And then the end result is they're empty and they got to rush back to the source and get more. And I have just adopted a new lifestyle of self-care where I'm always getting taken care of first so that I can fulfill everyone else for my overflow. So I set my three little glasses, my babies on the bottom and I sit on top of them. And then we pour that pitcher. And as I fill up and I overflow, they start to overflow too. So that's how I want moms to view taking care of themselves as like really spoiling themselves, giving themselves all that they need. So then they have the energy, the strength, the wherewithal to give to their children and give to the other people, you know, their spouses, partners, the community, their church, whomever else they're taking care of and, and giving to, they have that energy to do it and do it from a, a place of overflow as, a, as opposed to a place of like constantly being depleted because that gets exhausting and it's not sustainable really. We just crash at some point. So, yeah. so that's my advice for moms. I love it. And I remember that real. I've, I've seen it on Instagram. <laughs> it was, I remember that being very impactful. I like that. Okay. So speaking of Instagram, where can we find you? Tell us where we can find you on social and anywhere else on the internet. <laughs> yeah. So um, my, so my website is healthyfit.com. And as you mentioned, it's P-H-I-T. So H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-P-H-I-T.com. And then I am on Instagram, which is my favorite social media platform at healthyfit, same spelling. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and yeah, uh, YouTube, all of those things. Um, and then I have a profile on the Peanut app, which is a great space for moms. If you mm -hmm. want support and help, it's like a, they call it like Facebook meets Tinder, meets another social media app for moms. So it's like moms kind of getting to know each other, linking up, learning from each other. And so I host pods on there where I talk about some of these topics. So the peanut app, and then I'm a member of the Undiet Your Mind app, which is from the Body Love Society. And that's a great place to go for healthcare professionals and practitioners who are anti-diet. Okay, the peanut app. And what was the other one? Undiet Your Mind. And that, that app is- Yes, that app is about to transition to something different, but right now it's Undiet Your Mind. And so there's like yoga, you know, teachers, there's MDs, there's physical therapists, there's massage therapists, everybody in that wellness and healthcare field. Um, but everybody practices from an anti-diet perspective, dietitians, nutritionists, things like that. So, yeah. Okay, well, I'll put those both in the show notes. So if, if you miss that or you're like me and you forget things, they'll be in the show <laughs> notes, check it out. And I'll also put your information okay. there. And thank you so much for coming to speak with me. I appreciate it. I'm so glad I got to talk to you tonight. 
Um, and for everybody Thank else, you. don't forget to be kind to your mind, smart with your hearts. And you can DM me uh, on Instagram or you can email me Jackie at kindmindsmarthearts.com. And yeah, uh, I will see you on the gram. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. The material presented on Kind Minds, Smart Hearts podcast and the bonus episodes are not an attempt to practice medicine or give specific medical or mental health advice. The podcast was created to be entertaining and informative and contains examples from the host's lives and experiences, but does not attempt to cover every mental health issue. It should not replace consultation with your doctor or other qualified mental health specialists. If you believe you or another individual is suffering a mental health crisis or other medical emergency, contact your doctor immediately, seek medical attention immediately in an emergency room or